for a prayer in the message today, I wanted to just share a prayer request uh, and an update with all of you. Some of you may have noticed that Pastor Kathy isn't uh, here today and usually joins me for caring moments like we had in our, in our service today. Kathy's husband, John, is uh, having some serious medical issues, and Pastor Kathy has actually um, began a, 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 an immediate uh, kind of medical leave of absence to care for, uh, to care for him. Um, as he is undergoing tests and meeting with the doctors in the next couple of weeks, I just ask that you please keep John and, and Kathy and the, the family in your prayers. Um, I would say I know that as a, as a congregation, so many of us want to reach out right away. I would invite us um, just to give, a, a, please feel free to send notes to Kathy, but, um, uh, but not inundate her with texts or, or calls. If you have caring concerns, those can come to uh, Ashley um, Evans, our director of um, community and, and care. Um, or you can send those uh, directly to me as well, and we'll be, we'll be handling those. And uh, we'll just, we'll keep you updated, but we'll be praying for, for John and, and Kathy and the family. With this prayer and those that are on your hearts today, let's, let's just take a moment and pray. Holy God, on, on this day, we remember the words of our faith that you walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death and that nothing, nothing separates us from the love of Christ Jesus. So we pray that for those gathered in person here today, for those that are online with us right now, for those that will watch this service later, that you, that you will just let your love flow in and through us here today. And God, we, we pause for just a moment today and, and remember that today is Pentecost. Today is that day in the church where we celebrate that you sent your Holy Spirit to give birth to the church, this church we're a part of. And we may not speak in languages that we don't know like they did on that first Pentecost, but now, right now, Lord, we pray, we pray that your Holy Spirit might burst into our lives like tongues of fire as it did on that day. Help us to, to feel your presence like the movement of air, like the very breaths we take to live. God, I just pray that, that all of us might experience this gift of Pentecost today, the Spirit breaking into our lives anew, giving us fresh energy and, and a fresh sense of your presence, embolden us to be beacons of, of hope and love. Help us, God, just to continue to, to gather this day and into the future, however and wherever we can, in person, online, to, to just give you praise. Because as we do, we know that you call us again and again to minister to one another, to persevere in prayer, to, to build up the family of God. God, just help us this day to recognize that we are the church for the world. Help us to so trust in Jesus that we, that we embrace the outcast and those hurting Help us so to trust that, that we experience your spirit igniting our passions to serve where you call. And help us to trust, and in that trust, to watch your love expand in our families and, and into your world. May we overcome whatever challenges lie ahead, Lord, by trusting in Jesus and in the trust of that love, caring for one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I can't help today, but uh, uh, on this Pentecost Sunday with candles behind me, I don't know if you noticed, twice now I've glanced to see my distance between me and the candles. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, I was leading a Bible study group for 
a group of uh, a group of high school students, and for whatever reason, it was just girls. It was Advent, and the, the Advent candles were on a on a table. And I sat down on the edge of the table. I didn't think I was thou that close to the uh, candles when uh, one of the young women said, "You're on fire." She said it so calmly, and I thought she meant like you're on fire, like your teaching today is on fire. But then she said it with more authority, like you're on fire, and and I realized I was indeed my my sweater had caught on fire. And you know, stop, drop, and roll. It's great advice. Like I I, I teach it to my kids. We've all learned it. But when you're on fire, it's hard to remember. So instead of stop dropping and rolling, I took my sweater and I pulled it off over my head, which don't do that like a bad idea. But lucky for me, it smothered it as it came up and over. It smothered the fire and came out. And so I just smelled a little smoldered. Anyway, I don't know why I remember that story today, except that I'm sitting in front of candles and it's Pentecost. And so I was like, I don't, tongues of fire would be great. Real fire, it's okay. So uh, perhaps you know a version of this story. A, uh, a middle-aged man and, and woman are, are sitting on the couch and, and they're watching TV together and one evening and, and the woman, she turns to her husband and, and she says with just kind of this sense of wistful remembrance, do you remember those days when we'd, when we'd snuggled up next to each other and, and got near each other and watched TV together? And the man looked over at her and said, I haven't moved. How many of us have had moments in our life when God seems absent or far away? Have you ever had a time in your life when, when God just didn't seem to be there or you weren't sure where God was? Maybe, maybe you're experiencing that right now. We're in, the, uh, we're in the midst of a sermon series right now called Dear Church. And over the last several weeks, we've been looking at some of the letters of the New Testament and asking, you know, how might, how might God be speaking through those, those letters to the church today? Or if God was writing a letter to the church today, what, what, would, what might God say? Today's going to be a little bit different. In, in some ways, I, I, I've, this message has been on my heart to share. It's kind of my Dear Church letter, although it doesn't come just from me. We're really going to kind of dig into the Psalms today which aren't letters in themselves, but hymns and songs and certainly speak a message. And we're going to see what they have to say to us today. For anyone who's felt alone or struggled in your life, for everyone who has asked the question at any point, where is God in your life? For anybody who, who may be just struggling in these times in the church today, maybe looking at the world's divisiveness and, and hurt and, and asking where is God in the midst of this, for anybody who has ever asked these kinds of questions, this is my dear church letter today. Let's pray. God, open us to, in these moments to hear your words today. Whatever I say, whatever our thoughts Fill them and then fill us with a sense of your loving presence. May this very gathering in person, virtual, wherever we are, these very moments in this gathering, may they inspire us as your people to just know your love a little better and share it a, a little more excitement, a, a little more energy with the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Dear church, today I'm, I'm reminded of a, of a little girl, maybe six or seven years old, who was, uh, she was spending a Monday with her dad, a, a pastor, and uh, she came up to him and she said, Dad, where, where is God? Does God dwell in the heavens? And the dad, like he's so excited as his little girl is asking questions about God. She doesn't always do this and she wants to know. And so he's like, yes, God, God dwells in the, in the heavens with the angels. Absolutely. His daughter, she wrinkles her brow, thinks about it for a moment. And then she readied her next question. So, so dad, where is Jesus? And the dad, he, he's even more excited. Now she wants to know about Jesus too. And so he, he says, well, Jesus is in your heart. Like he wants her to know that you, Jesus is always right there with you. His heart just, just filled up knowing that as he was having this moment of, of faith sharing with his daughter, he felt so good. His daughter, she wasn't done though. He could tell that the wheels were still turning, like he could read it in her face. And, and, and she looked up and she said, wait, dad, aren't God and Jesus the same person? Yes, he said. Well, then how can Jesus be in my heart and God be in the heavens? Like that's two different places at the same time. Well, it's a mystery. The dad now is gone from just euphoria over his daughter's questions to wondering if he's going to be adequate for this moment in his daughter's life. He has this uneasy feeling, and still the girl is not finished. Dad, yesterday you said in church that the Holy Spirit is everywhere, and if God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the same, then how is the Holy Spirit also God? The dad, he sat in silence for a moment thinking, how do I best answer this question for a seven-year-old? And he was just ready to share an answer that he, he thought would, would, would help her when his daughter interrupted him. Never mind. I'll ask mom. She gives better answers to these questions anyway. You can try to guess whether that's a true story or not. Where is God? Is, is God here? How do we understand where, where God is? If God is here with me, is, is God also with others? What about when there is suffering and pain? Where is God in the midst of suffering and, and pain? We all have these questions. And the thing is, dear church, the, the thing is, I think, I think often we reach a point where we sort of stop wrestling with them and we sort of stop asking them because we think that everybody else has it figured out and we're afraid that that if, if we ask these questions, somebody will think we don't have the kind of faith that we feel like somehow we ought to have. And so, so we stop having some of the hard conversations or asking the tough questions. And I'm thankful for teenagers and like our confirmation students last week and, and for, for six and seven-year-olds and three and four-year-olds who aren't afraid to ask the question and remind us it is, it's okay to ask questions. Dear church, it is okay to ask questions. Where is God? We all ask this question sometimes. Sometimes we feel like God's right here, and sometimes we're not sure, and, and it's okay to ask. It's okay to wonder. And many of us, of us know, we know what Scripture says, right? The, the simple answer to this question is God is with us. We can just, we can peruse scripture and see this over and over again. And just a warning to those of you, we have a handful of people who are note takers. I'm going to, I'm going to blow through lots of scripture today. And, and if you want, uh, send me an email. I'm happy to send you the, the list if you can't keep up because we're going to go, we're going to go fast. Deuteronomy 316. 
This promise is repeated again and again as early as the Torah. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Joshua 1 verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Matthew 28, verse 10. This is Jesus' words. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul picks up this message. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Revelation 21.3 near the end, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Right, from Torah all the way to Revelation, beginning to end, including the the history books of of the Old Testament, the prophets of the Old Testament, to the letters of the New Testament in the very name of Jesus, Emmanuel, Jesus means God with us. We see this promise, right? God is with us, with you. But, um, but today's message isn't really about the simple answer. Right? Today's message is about those times when we don't feel it, when we don't sense it, when we feel empty, when we feel alone, when we're struggling when we're unsure, unsteady, when grief has has overwhelmed us. What do we do in those moments? What's the answer to the question, where is God in in those moments of our lives? Because at some point, if you haven't, you'll ask these, these questions. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. You're not the first to ask these questions. These are words of David, King David. David of of amazing faith. David, uh, one of our faith heroes from Psalm 22, he wrote these words is a cry in the midst of the difficulties of his own life. You see, dear church, it's okay to ask this question. I just want us to know in moments of trial, it's okay to ask where God is. It's okay to cry out, Jesus, God is fully human. He repeats these very words from the cross. God modeled this very question for us. When you ask this question, when when we ask this question, what happens is we open ourselves up to search for God's presence. We open ourselves to hear the promise again. So we might ask this question today, so why, why don't we feel or know God's presence let me, let me share three reasons today, and there are probably more than this, but, but three reasons why, why we sometimes don't feel or know God's presence in our lives. Number one, 
I think sometimes we don't pay attention. Think about this. We breathe air every day of our lives, right? We can't live without, without air. But, but how, many time, how many times do you think in a given day about the air that you breathe? Right? How many, how many days pass by where you don't even think about the presence of air? Most days, right? We, we just live and, and it's there and we know that it's there. Well, I think the same thing can, can pretty easily happen in our faith. We just go through the week those of us who attend church on Sunday morning, we go through, through the week, and it's pretty easy not to, not to pause and think that God is, is present to us every day. You see, unless we, unless we pause to pray, unless we pray, pause to give thanks to God for the moments that we're given, unless we, unless we pause to worship, it's, it's really easy to miss that divine presence in our midst. And add to that that what can often happen then is that when we hit times of trial and suffering, Right? We've been rolling along. We haven't thought much about God's daily, moment-by-moment presence in our life. We hit pain and suffering, and, and our focus is pulled in on that pain and suffering, and it's all we can see. And if we haven't been paying attention before, it's really hard to pay attention now to, to the idea that God may be, might be there in that moment. And the thing is, if nobody stands beside us, if nobody praise with us, if no one reminds us that God is present, it can be really hard in those moments to know that, that God is, is still there. The second reason I think we sometimes can't feel or, or sense God's presence is sometimes without even knowing it, we sort of, we sort of willfully turn away. When the, when the Psalms were gathered together, they were gathered by the people of God who were in exile. Like they had made a conscious decision to turn away from God. And what came from that decision was that their, their society, their community, it, it fell apart and they were open for invasion and they ended up, and they ended up scattered. And now scattered, they're, they're grasping back at that faith that held them together, that, that faith that gave them identity. They're grasping back at their relationship with God, with God's presence, and they're asking, where is God now? And they discover in this time this, this rich group of hymns and songs, the Psalms, and in these Psalms, right, they read, oh, oh wow, we were asking where God was because we'd stopped looking for God. And these laments and, the, and these pains, and they, they also read in that that, that God was with them, and they, they weren't paying attention to know that God was even there. They began to realize that God hadn't abandoned them. They had abandoned God. Sometimes we think we can do it on our own. We don't even pause to, to think that God could help us. We just, we just jump in and think we can we can do it on our own. We decide looking out for ourselves is more important than looking out for others. We, we put our trust in, in human institutions instead of putting our trust in, in God. We, too, turn away from God sometimes. But it doesn't mean that God has abandoned us. It just means that at the moment we've abandoned God or we've forgotten that God promises to be with us simply means that we've started looking inside at ourselves and our own needs and not out at God and God's Spirit at work in the world. The third reason 
that I think we sometimes don't feel or know God's presence is, uh, is that I think in many ways, not even thinking about it, we've bought into an understanding of God, a, a theology, to use the fancy word, that uh, th- this belief system that isn't true, but, but it so easily lures us into believing it without even knowing it. This, this theology, you sometimes, some of you may have heard it called the prosperity gospel. And uh, you might think, well, I don't believe the prosperity gospel, but there are elements of this belief system that, that, that just trickle in so easily. It, it sort of says, if you're faithful enough, if you're a good enough Christian, then things will go right for you. I mean, the extension of that is if, if, you, uh, if you're a good enough Christian, if you pray enough, if, you, if you're faithful, then God will bless you with, with prosperity, meaning wealth and, and health and, and good fortune and, and answered prayers. And the, the thing is, this, this idea, is it's grounded in truth, right? I mean, there, there's a there's a grain of truth within it, which is that there is a promise in the Bible that if, if we believe, if we, if we form a relationship with Jesus, if we follow in the way of Jesus, there is blessing. But nowhere does it, does it say that that blessing means that we're going to be rich by worldly standards or have a lot of money. Nowhere does it say that that means that there aren't going to be obstacles or challenges in life. Nowhere does it say that that, that means that we're not going to suffer. Paul followed the way of Jesus, and he died upside down on a cross. There's no promise we won't, won't suffer if we follow this way. Mary accepted God's will for, for her life, and she watched her son die on a cross. There's, there's no promise we won't, we won't suffer. Right? The, the early church leaders, they, they were willing to, to follow Jesus and, and give up on material wealth and all of that. Because the promise that they experienced wasn't, wasn't, wasn't wealth or a life free of suffering. It was the contentment of knowing the love, the eternal love of Jesus in their lives. You see, the, the danger of this prosperity gospel is, and we, we do this without even thinking about it, we say, well, if all those people just had faith, then, then the world would, would suddenly be all better, as though it's a lack of faith that is always the, the problems in the world. Or that the people who who don't have faith are a problem. And if we follow this prosperity gospel too far, what happens is um, when prayers aren't answered, we begin to be like, well, well, it's because God's not there or because we don't have enough faith or because God's not with us. But none of that is, is true. When we buy into this belief system, even unknowingly, when suffering comes and when prayers are unanswered, what happens is we find ourselves questioning God's presence. But here's the good news. Even when we're not paying attention, even when you've turned away from God, even when you've been led astray, God is with you. Even when we don't have the belief system all right, God is with us. Right? God never stopped pursuing you, never stopped loving you. God will be there when you need God to be there for you. Remember David crying out, God, where are you in Psalm 22? A few psalms later, he sings this. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. 
For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Have, uh, have you ever seen somebody who's anxious and worried? Right? And, and by anxious and worried, I mean not just like we're all anxious and worried sometimes, but somebody who, when it, when it starts to affect their breath and they're, they're breathing hard and they're, they're worried and like anxiety just grips the whole body, what do you tell them if you're with somebody in that situation? What do you tell them to do? Right? You say, take a deep breath. Why do we tell them to take a deep breath? Because if they take a deep breath, they'll actually feel their lungs fill with air and they'll, re- they'll realize that there's air there to breathe. They're okay. Even if we've been cruising through life without noticing God's grace, when we have those moments of trial and anxiety, those moments when we just feel ourselves clenching up, when we, when we feel the, the pain that the world sometimes offers, if we will just pause and take a deep breath and remember that God is present and with us, as real as the air we breathe, we too can let go of that anxiety and tension and know that God's got this. God has this moment, and we're okay. We just have to take a moment to realize God's loving presence is all around us. And what about, what about those of us who know at times we've turned away, or what about those of us who right now feel like we've turned away from God? We've, we've been ignoring God, what, what God really has for a while for us. Psalm 139, it has this great line from David. He says this, where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? And then he talks about all the ways you, you can't, really, can't really get away from it. But he, then he goes on and he, he essentially says, okay, I'm going to try and hide from God. And he says, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, right? So now he's like, I'm going to find the best place I can to hide from God. But he realizes even the darkness is not dark to you, God. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. Or he realizes we can't hide from God. We can turn away, but God is always, God is always right there. I've had this conversation with my kids. They don't want to hear it, but um, when you're getting in trouble, it's not like your parent isn't right there, right? I mean, we're not always right there in person, but we're going to find out. And, and it's that presence that you, you shouldn't fear. It's the presence that wants, to, wants a relationship with you to love you and, and, and set life right for you and, and, and create the best life for you. Right? God continues to pursue us. And that doesn't mean we won't suffer from the consequences of our decisions or, or our sin or, or our selfishness. But at any moment... All we have to do is, is turn around and, and God is right there. I, no analogy is perfect, but if we think of, of presence like radio waves, right? There are radio waves in this room right now. We can't see them, but they're there. And if, if we turn the dial and tune them out, it doesn't mean they're gone. We just have to tune the dial to, to get those radio waves back in to hear, hear what it's saying. God is like a radio wave around us at all times. And, and if we have tuned God out, we can't hear God, we can't sense God's presence. All we have to do is, is tune God back in to pray, 
to talk with a spiritual mentor or a friend or a pastor to join in worship and tune God back in, and God will be right there with a word and a message for us. And so how about the times when we suffer or grieve? Right? We have to know. We have to know that our suffering or grief is not tied to our faithfulness. Our suffering and grief is not tied to whether we're faithful or not. Whether God answers prayers in the way that we want him to is not tied to whether God is present and with us in the, in the anxiety and the suffering and the pain. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says to his followers. He doesn't promise that there won't be struggles. In fact, though, the Bible says that God has a special place in his heart for those who are struggling, for those who suffer and those who hurt. Psalm 134, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. You see, dear church, the Bible is so clear. God is present. And here's the really good news. God is present whether you believe it or not. God is present whether you are running away or whether you are turned toward God. When you celebrate, God is there. When you hurt, God is there. And in Jesus knows what it is like suffering with you. When you don't know what to do, God is there with a word at the ready if you'll just turn. When you grieve, God is crying with you. The Lord is near. Someone 134, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. It's like God is saying, I haven't moved. Just slide over. I'm right here. I want you to know my love. I want you to know my embrace. Dear church, we pause today to remember that this uh, past year has been hard, really hard for some of you. I've grieved with some of you. I've had difficult conversations with, with some of you. Today, let's hear this invitation to just slide, slide over next to Jesus, to draw near to Jesus. And I just pray that as, as you do that, to accept that invitation, you'll know that nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus and that you'll find comfort and joy in that presence. Each week at Clay Church, we have a faith fit challenge. Put our faith into practice. And this week, it's to write a psalm. And now, I know some of you are like, I graduated and I put English classes behind me and I don't want to do that anymore. I get it. But think of it not as a writing assignment. Think of it as a, as, a way, as a way to just acknowledge God's presence. And if you're like me, don't put it off. Do it this afternoon. And it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be anything readable to anybody else. But just take a moment and you can open up the Psalms in the Bible as a, as a guide and just share it. Like, think about this past year. What are, what are your laments? What are, the, what are the things that have made you ask, where are, where, where are you, God? And then, where are you finding hope right now? 
Where can you hold on to the, the truth, the possibility of, of God's presence? And then where are you experiencing God's presence right now? And it might turn out to be more lament, and it might turn out to be more celebration, but that's what the, what the Psalms are, and it's, it's for you just to, just to think about God's presence in, in your life. Because God promises to draw near to those who draw near to him. Let me invite you to hold on to this truth. God promises to draw near to those who draw near to him. Writing a psalm is one way to draw near to him. Let me invite you right now to, uh, to try one more way. Let me invite you just to, just to close your eyes and take a deep breath. And continue to to breathe in, and as you breathe in, know God's presence. And as you breathe out, just sense the Holy Spirit is in this room. Take a couple of more deep breaths. Now, with your eyes still closed, let me invite you just to put your, put your hands out in front of you. Palms up. You can set them in your lap if that's more comfortable or just, just hold them out. And as the air keeps filling your lungs, just, uh, just imagine putting into your hands any, any grief, any pain, any any suffering in your life right now? Name your struggles, your, your burdens. Just name them and then and set that into your hands. Imagine those in your hands. Now let me in invite you to, to just close your hands over those burdens for a moment. Make a fist tighten up over those burdens. And I want you to feel this. This is, this is what we do. So we, think, we think we can't share them. We think we have to go it alone. We think we've got to overcome them by ourselves. I want you to feel how your body feels in this way, but then open your hands back up. Open your hands back up and, and feel the burdens and the, the weight of the pain and the struggles in your life. Feel, feel them in your hands. Now take another deep breath. And as you do, imagine Jesus right in front of you. Right there. Picture him. Picture his eyes. See the love and care for you that is in those eyes. And now look down and, and see his hands. They're reaching out to yours. You see them? See the holes in his hands. The weathered hands of a carpenter with holes. Those hands are reaching out for yours. Now look back up. Look into his face and, and just see his love. 
hear him say, I'll carry those with you, for you. Share them with me. Now feel his hands taking hold of yours. Feel the touch of his hands as he holds on to yours, as he, as he grabs them lightly and lifts them. Feel his strength. Feel his touch. Feel as he shares the burdens and, and lifts them from you. Feel his love. Feel his embrace. Take a few more deep breaths. When you're ready, open your eyes. I realize, recognize that guided meditation experiences are different from everyone. But I hope, I pray this is just one practice you can take with you. That in the, in the moments ahead, in, in the moments when you're anxious or you're afraid, in the moments when you are overwhelmed, when you're feeling grief, I pray that whenever you, whenever you need to know that you are not alone, you can do this. Just close your eyes and, and picture Jesus because he promises to be with you always. Close your eyes and, and visualize that Jesus is right there to, to hold your burdens, right there to, to hold those griefs. I pray that in those moments deep, 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 deep in your soul, you'll know that you're never alone. You'll find comfort and joy in that truth. Amen.